but something I've always done is just help people coach people through issues. Like I, you know, I would be that go-to friends, this thing is going on. What do you think? And be able to support people in, in again, how they're thinking about whatever it is they're thinking about it and changing how they would be thinking about it so that they could, you know, do whatever needed to be done or at least manage the situation better. Welcome to Into the Light Podcast. This is where we will be discussing and exploring all things Ascension. Ascension journey, Ascension journey mapping, and understanding how we can deepen and increase our spiritual and healing journey, along with understanding concepts around the global consciousness awakening that's happening, quantum energy healing, personal growth and enlightenment, trauma healing, and so much more as we learn together from experts in the field. I'm your host, Adina Movana, and I appreciate you taking the time to join me today. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to Into the Light. I'm your host, Adina Movana. Today we have Zahra and Zahra is a spiritual coach covering how Islam has already taught the concepts of law of attraction and mindset that we can use to overcome our limiting beliefs, heal relationships, and explore various aspects of personal growth. From her own personal journey as a good girl who felt resentful, overworked to a woman now who holds more wealth, love, and boundaries with greater faith, in herself and in Allah. Zahra is a coach who empowers others to realize how Allah is helping them. And she's also the author of the book, Before I Do, 150 Questions Muslims Must Ask Before Marriage. Oh my gosh, awesome, Zahra. Thanks for being here. It's so nice to have you. Yes, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. And I love your golden mic. Oh, thank you. It kind of matches my my whole ambiance and my vibe. So <laughs> thank you. Well, I'm just so happy, you know, happy to have you here. And I've been following you for, you know, quite a while on social media. And it's really interesting because you do amazing work. I'm always listening to your live talks, your motivational tips and like things that you're saying to help people, you know, I mentioned a little bit overcome limiting beliefs and, you know, work on their mindset issues, right? Is that, you know, that sounds like it's your, pretty much your main focus. Is that right? Yes, that is. Like I kind of basically approach everything um, from the perspective of mindset, that if you can get the foundation of your mindset, it makes it easier to apply and understand Islamic concepts, personal development concepts, spiritual concepts, all of it is better, easier for you to absorb and then actually implement into your life with the right mindset. Right. Yeah. I heard you the other day, you were talking about um, how we're programmed, like you were kind of going through a story about like a lot of Muslims and, you know, things that we are growing up with as kids. It's like uh, all about what to think, right? Not how to think. And, um, you know, that really caught my attention because, you know, I think that it all comes down to how we're programmed and what kind of thought we create in our minds and that leads to all of us on on our healing journey and also going into becoming trauma aware right and what kind of trauma and and you know personal limiting beliefs we might have in the first place so um i love that and you know i want to hear a little bit about how you got into this work like it sounds like your main focus right now is coaching and, and helping people how did you end up starting out on this path 
Yeah. So I'm actually an attorney by training and, you know, I worked as an attorney. I'd worked in civil rights. I had my own estate planning practice doing Islamic wills and trusts, but something I've always done is just help people coach people through issues. Like I, you know, I would be that go-to friends. This thing is going on. What do you think? And be able to support people in in again, how they're thinking about whatever it is they're thinking about it and changing how they would be thinking about it so that they could, you know, do whatever needed to be done or at least manage the situation better. So coaching is something that's just like, I guess I would say it's like the gift that I've been given. The gift that I've been given is being able to coach people, support them, shift their mindset in that way. But the story of how it like actually came to be my career is essentially I was moving through life. Like you said in my bio, I was the good girl doing all the things that you were supposed to, you know, like I went to undergrad, then I went to law school, then I got a job, then I got married and we had kids and we're moving and you're like, hey, we're trying to keep going and growing and get the American dream and kind of feeling like some resistance. Things are getting harder and harder. Why is it harder to get the house now and get the car and get all the things? And that kind of led me down this path of trying to really understand how come other people are getting what they want and I'm not like, what am I doing wrong? Mm -hmm. I'm smart. I'm hardworking. I'm praying. Like I'm a good Muslim. What's going on? And through that, I the the first kind of the first real trigger was watching the secret oh. movie, you know, we came, it was on Netflix. I was, I was out of town one day, so I couldn't watch all the shows that we watched together. And I was just browsing and I landed on the secret and I watched this movie that basically, if you're unfamiliar, it basically just explains the law of attraction in this very simple to understand way. And as they're explaining the law of attraction, in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, they're just explaining. They're just explaining prayer. Law of attraction is ask, believe, receive. That's the way they presented it in this movie. And I've never heard anyone explain prayer in this way, explaining how to ask, explaining how to believe, explaining how to receive. And I was just literally blown away. Muslims were taught about dua in this kind of clear, practical terms, like our prayers would change, like everything would be different. And so that introduction led me down a whole path of like trying to understand more, looking for other, you know, Islamic understandings, looking through other secular understandings and really coming to the realization that there um, there's so much more to Islam than we, at least for me, for many for many of us who grow, grew up in the West, grew up going to Sunday school, we just got told a lot of rules about Islam. You have to right. do this and don't do that. This is haram. This is halal, blah, blah, blah. We just had a whole bunch of rules, but we didn't have that spirit, that essence of like how to connect with God, how to ask for what you want, how to manifest your prayers. We didn't have that. All we had were the rules. And also when it came to prayers, it was kind of this notion of like, yes, God listens to you, pray, ask for what you want, but you know, probably in Jannah, you'll get it. Don't, don't have too much hope that you'll get it now. Um, right. Yeah. Yes. It's like always this, like after, okay, this is, you know, we're, we're here to endure this pain and suffering on this life so that we can have this, you know, after like that, that, it, that it to me is a very dismal outlook on the whole, <laughs> the whole situation yes. of living life yes. right now. <laughs> so yeah, I love that. And yeah, the law of attraction. Do you do you talk to Muslims who are like resistant that it's that that's a real thing, or that they think that this is like not aligned with like uh, Muslim values, or is it just now becoming more and more kind of accepted as like the real laws of the universe? Would you say? 
Um, I would say for me, like when I first started out, I like never mentioned the law of attraction. I never mentioned mm. anything, anything secular. I just took everything that I was learning in secular yeah. terms and I found where it was in Islam and I just presented the Islamic, you know, like I just presented Islam to people in this way, like, look, Allah says this, Allah says, ask and believe that you can have it. So I just would present dua in this way, or, you know, Allah says, I am what you think of me. So what you think matters. And that's why your mindset is important. So I would just take um, the Islamic concept and present it and sh share it with Muslims in this way that was reflective of what is taught in spiritual secular circles, but never linking the two until very recently. So only very recently have I been more comfortable to be like, okay, look, guys, all the spiritual teachers are teaching the same spiritual stuff. Yeah. Tiptoe around it. And so now I'm more open. But in the beginning, I was terrified. I was terrified. I was so scared. I, you know, when I was first learning it myself, I was even scared to just ask my friends. I'm like, I watched this movie. It's called The Secret of oh my God. And like, you know, like, is this bad? Is this blasphemy? Is this shirk? And, you know, I had to um, find other Muslims who were like, oh no, and could point me to Islamic um, resources like visionary right. Muhammad al-Sharif and, you know, Islamic meditation practices with Sheikh Muhammad Mendez and all of these other Muslims who were already doing this work. It's just, it's just, they're so far and few in between. And many of them, many of them are older guys who are not really good on social media. So it's hard mm, to find them. Um, so it's like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to share this on where I can and where I can is as a young, you know, uh, Muslim woman, like I can't go into the mosque and ask to speak about things like they're not going to let me so I can just share it on social media. Yeah, awesome. And that's how you attract your clients and the women that want to hear from you and do, you know, understand. Yeah, this, this concepts. That's amazing. Because yeah, I, I, I noticed this explosion of more and more on social media. Now it's, you know, picking up with the law of attraction and stuff and uh, how the universe works and even concepts like, you know, we are all like energy beings, you know, like we have a certain vibrational frequency and positivity and, you know, all of that stuff increases it. So, I mean, I don't know if, if people go into all of that in, in your programs, but that's certainly, um, you know, for me, I, I call it like the spiritually aware community that I see like a lot of information from where it's like, okay, chakras and alignment, you know, like I started getting that messaging, you know, maybe like a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. And I started also uh, like realizing that this is, that these are very important, you know, interesting concepts in the universe that we can really uh, use and then understand our own like prayer and spiritual practices on a day-to-day -day basis. Like, why are we, you know, what are we doing when we're, when we're praying five times a day? Why is that important? Um, like, why is, I don't know if you think of it that way, but kind of maintaining those elevated, you know, frequencies, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that that's really something to focus on even as Muslims. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my yes. view on it is that, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala already told us like that we are spiritual beings. Like these mm -hmm. are not like things in dispute that we are not of this world. Like, you know, that God made us in heaven. Um, we are spirits, you know, we came down to earth and this is not our real home. This is our temporary home. Our time, all of us will experience death. Our time here will end. And the death is of our physical body. Our body will die. Right. Our spirit will continue on. So it's like, it's it's there it's there clearly in islam but at the same time the 
the implications of what it means to be in truth, a spiritual being are not fully expressed, you know, like at Sunday school or in a khutbah or in things like that within the Mm -hmm. Muslim community, because what it truly means to be a spiritual being is that, yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're spiritual energy, you know, you are light, you are all of these things that when you hear it from the secular, like, what are they talking about? What is this woo woo nonsense? Yeah, that is what Allah has said. Yeah, I think in general, like the whole of the world, um, you know, as a, as the world has progressed, as we've gotten further away from like living close to nature, you know, like if we lived in small villages or whatever, and just becoming more and more modern and more and more materialistic and more and more, I don't, I don't want to say materialistic in like that bad sense of like, oh, I like material things. It's just that we are so focused on, um, we have lost our connection to our natural, to the natural elements of the earth. Mm -hmm. And as we've done that, it has been so damaging to our psyche, to our mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, Mm -hmm. right? Everything is on the rise, obesity, diabetes, right? Every health condition is on the rise. Every spiritual mental malady is on the rise, depression, anxiety, stress, all of it is on the rise. And it is linked to us just forgetting that we're spiritual beings and being like, well, how can I, how can I fortify my house more? That will make me feel more secure. No, you're not. No matter how, if you lived in a padlocked, you know, compound, if you feel insecure, none of that is going to help because the the security you're seeking is only coming from you feeling connected to God, feeling connected to a higher power that that gives you safety and security. Otherwise, yeah, all sorts, all all sorts of shenanigans are happening. Bombs (laughs) are being dropped in other countries. Pandemics are happening, you know, disease, all sorts of things that would make you feel insecure. So I think the world as a whole is like turning towards like, this can't be it. It can't, I'm not, even though people have more money, more access, more food, more, they're feeling worse off. So this can't be it. It can't be me getting more worldly stuff. I need to connect to something else. And that's the rise I'm seeing in everyone being mm. interested in spirituality. Everyone, yeah. I need to be connected to my spirit because when I just tried to get the job, the house, the car, the things, I still wasn't happy. And I still was, you know, right. overweight and unhealthy and all the things. Yeah. And that is also like, um, law of attraction is one thing, right? Knowing how to attract your best life, your car, your spouse, but if you really want to, uh, you know, heal and transform and change your life, then you're going to have these, you know, these, uh, these trauma events and things like that, that are going to happen unless you've really done the inner work to actually, you know, yeah, have, have those results. So I, I've also, you know, been learning about how, how the law of attraction you know, can work in in this way. And I love that you talk about the, you know, mind, body, spirit, like everything is interconnected, mental health issues right now, you know, physical, uh, you know, afflictions. And, and so would you say that it all comes down to people's kind of like spiritual, uh, like health as well, is that that's a critical piece to, to like, you know, even healing these other areas of life? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think so. And I, you know, when I, what was transformative to me, which is what I bring to people is that when I changed how I viewed myself, that I no longer, you know, was just thinking of Zahra, oh, I'm, you know, this black girl in, you know, white America and I wear hijab and people are against me because I'm Muslim, because I'm black, right? Mm -hmm. If I identify as, as a physical being, then I'm 
I'm very vulnerable as a woman, as a black woman, as a Muslim mm. woman, as a hijabi woman, like I'm just extremely vulnerable, right? But if I identify as a spiritual being, then I am, you know, invulnerable, like I'm a spirit and you can, you know, do whatever you want to me because it doesn't matter. My spirit will live on for forever. So that transformation of thinking how I view myself as a flawed physical being to mm. as God's honored spiritual being and yes, I will make mistakes and I'm not perfect and I have shortcomings and I have flaws and all of these things, but that mm -hmm. doesn't detract from the essence of who I am. So that realization and then realizing who God actually is. And mm. for many Muslims, the notion that we have of God, you know, it kind of has seeped in from Christianity, like the angry old man in the sky. <laughs> right, right. Guilt, oh, fear, shame. <laughs> yeah, we've got like, you know, uh angry like mufti sheikh guy like yeah writing in the book of deeds and judging us like we've got this image of god like that's against us yeah. and because we're so, you're supposed to pray five times a day you're supposed to be kind to your parents you're supposed to da -da -da. and all of us are you know missing prayers and getting irritated with our parents and not doing all the things that you're supposed to do so you just feel like oh my god this god is I'm not doing all the things he told me knowingly not doing it and then of course there's a whole bunch of stuff probably that I don't even know about that I'm not doing so this god is probably not pleased with me and then mm -hmm. here I am trying to like ask god for things well can I please like make a little bit more money and and can I please you know get married and can I please move and travel mm -hmm. abroad and go on this vacation and you just feel like you can't ask god because you're so so bad or you know you're hoping you can get some little scrap like please please just a tiny morsel uh, okay I really want a BMW but just can I have a, a, a new car that works that's not run down mm. right like we just shrink our prayers because we view we're viewing God as like this harsh um character and when I changed my view I was like you know what I'm gonna conceptualize God says Al-Rahman Rahim, like the most, right? The most characterization that he gives of himself is loving, is merciful, mm. is generous, is forgiving. I'm going to view him that way, that he is like, you go girl, I'm on your side, whatever it is, come back to me. I will help you. I will forgive you. Just turn back, turn back. And when I started to view God like that, like mm. it became like, okay, God's with me. Like he's not just, he's like, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. And that transformed my life. And that's what, those are the two main things that I bring through all of my work is that change how you see yourself. You are good. You are okay. God's on your side. Now, now what, now, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Right. Like, now you can move because you released a whole bunch of pressure. Basically we're all beating ourselves up that we're human. Like, yeah. oh, why am I not a perfect angel? Because you're human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like so much. It's like that guilt, shame programming that's in us. And I love what you're talking about because it's really uh, like those are all our limiting beliefs. And so, you know, we have to unprogram so much of this, you know, shame and I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm oh, and then it makes you feel too small to even like get yourself out of that that mindset cycle right and that's where you know we, we notice the where you know our patterns and our behaviors are being created and you know I I love that because um you know like you said it's it's like we're uh we're able to go into our our trauma healing if when we when we start to realize that this is you know um keeping us down in that way right mm -hmm. that's how I think about it like um so do you feel like um like this is uh, a process of everyone is who works with you are they going through like a 
like a healing journey where they're they're kind of going through all of their trauma healing when they're when they're doing their coaching with you and it's kind of um you know breaking things open in their lives like that yeah there's definitely a lot of healing um mm-hmm. you know, i'm re- i'm reluctant to use the word trauma because i'm not okay. a therapist yeah um and you know trauma comes in so many different forms so i'm not a therapist but and i focus on you know people come to me with um, where it is that they want to go. I want to get, I want to start my business. I want to increase my finances. I want to, you know, change my relationship with food. So they're coming to me with a goal and then I'm working on, okay, well, what is it that you think and believe about that area right now? Right. So I Mm -hmm. work with them on their mindset. So I find out first, what are your thoughts and beliefs around this? And, um, all of my work is like, you know, the the inner work that you're very familiar with. Yeah turning inward of like, well, what do you really think about this? Why do you think it's not possible? Um, what, you know, what did you witness in your childhood or what did people tell you about, you know, you can't get married because you're too educated or because your family is from this background or whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's shifting their mindset. It's under, it's, it's exposing to them first, their mindset. Look, this is the way that you're thinking about this. And Can't you, once you see it, isn't it, isn't it interesting that this is what you think? Um, And then once you understand what you think, doesn't make sense that these things have happened, given what you think. I think all men are jerks. There's no good guys. No one is coming. Well, isn't it interesting that that's what you think? And then all you've met are jerks. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) That's what you're attracting, right? So, right. So like without even getting into like law of attraction and all of those things, you just like you, whatever you think. And I always turn back to this, the Hadith Qudsi, like where Allah says, I am as my servant expects me. If this is what you expect, Allah responds and gives you what you expect. Right. So that's a different way of saying the law of attraction. Right. Right. It's what you expect. You expect that everyone's a jerk. Well, Allah responds and gives you the jerks. So now wouldn't it be good to change this thought? And people, mm. yes, of course, I want to change my thought. I want to believe there's a good a good guy out there. I want to believe there's just one, one good guy out there for me, mm. right? Okay, fine, let's do it. Now then I have to walk them through the process of actually changing your thoughts because unfortunately it's not as easy as just being like, okay, I no longer think guys are jerks. I think there's great guys available. Some people may be able to do that, but for some people, the thought that guys are jerks have been, has been supported and ingrained and they've complained with their girlfriend and their parents are saying it and they go on Instagram and people are saying it, that it's so stuck in them. It takes work to shift out of that thought and into a, a new thought. So they have to think not only that there are great guys, but then they also have to believe there's a great guy who will like them right? And that they are worthy of a great guy. And so there's several things and several pieces, several thoughts, several beliefs that have to shift. And my process is to guide them through all the thoughts, all the beliefs that needs to change. And wherever, Mm. anytime they get stuck supporting them and, you know, customizing a plan for them. Right. And this is another reason Mm -hmm. why I think coaching is so important, um, is because, you know, without that personalized touch, you get a lot of generic advice, do this, you know, technique or just, right. or, or for Islam, right. Just make tasbih, <laughs> just pray to Hajjad, just go make Umrah, just you're getting, you can go and do all those things. Those things are great and wonderful to do, but if you don't understand exactly what's going on with the person, they can do all the activities and it not benefit them because you haven't identified, ah, they're really stuck here because, you know, 
when the one time they did meet a really great guy, that guy told them, you know, I don't think you're on my level or something. And that, oh, yeah. that thought crashed you know, them down. Yeah. <laughs> traumatized them, crashed them down. They can't get past it. And they need to work through that in order for prayer to hudget all those right. things to work. To even work. Right. Yeah. That's why it's like you said in the beginning, it's not a measure of how many times you do your rakas every day and what you're doing. It's like our spiritual path is more about like you know, the energy work and how we are in a state of like attraction versus like a state of, uh, yeah, like I would say, uh, not very, you know, in, in alignment or just kind of yeah. like you're, you're just going through the motions, but you're not really getting the, getting the real, uh, you know, spiritual, uh, process. So yeah, I, I love that you, um, you know, you, you can help people through, it sounds like in multiple areas of your life. Now I know you wrote the book on, 150 questions to ask, you know, Muslims before marriage. And, um, you know, one of the things that I've heard is that people have to heal themselves, right, in order to attract that mate that they want, right? So is that something that you also uh, focus on a lot is that you have to kind of, you know, heal your own soul, you know, before you can attract that ideal mate in the, in this process? Um, kind of, I, I just, I, I don't like using the word heal, Okay. We'll never be healed, right? We're right. always in a process of healing and growing and evolving. There's always more that we can release, let go, mm. and heal. So I don't believe that people need to be healed in order to be married. I mean, if that was the case, I would not be married. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. But I do believe you have to be in a kind of like minimum state of worthiness, right? A, a minimum state of feeling that you are worthy of the love that you want. Mm -hmm. um, and then also like a minimum state of, of, uh, thinking and belief around the type of love that you want. So again, if you are just thinking that, you know, what's another common one, um, man child, that all men are man child. And I don't want to have a man child in my life. I don't need another person mm -hmm. to take care of what are they adding to my life? But your view is that men are men child, man childs that will be very hard for you to get married because even if a great guy comes to you and he's like, here I am, I'm a strapping, handsome, wonderful, amazing guy. And I'm going to take care of you and be your protector. That woman who believes men, once they get married, become men child, they expect <laughs> to be served. They just leave their clothes all around. They, she has that story. Even if he's there and he comes to her, she's not going to believe it. She's not going to trust it. So she's going to mm. be watching him and looking. And the first time he forgot to, you know, forgets to put his dishes in the sink. I knew it. I knew this guy's going to be another person that I'm going to have to take care of. And she will find a way to cut him down when he's just a regular, normal human being. And in fact, could be one of the ones who is like very, you know, uh, I don't know what the word is aware and, um, considerate and take cares of himself. But that belief will prevent her from seeing it because another thing right. I'm sure you know is right we see what we believe. So if right. you believe that, you will see it. Even if it's not really the full truth of this person, you will see the things that confirm, right? They call it confirmation bias, that current mm -hmm. confirm mm -hmm. what you're biased towards. Yeah. So the work is to like, you can't, you will not, she, she wants to marry a non-man child. Well, yeah. you will never marry them if you believe that all men are man childs. We have to change that belief first. Right. So there's a minimum change in belief that has to occur there. There's the minimum 
uh, feeling of worthiness that has to occur there. So that's where I'm guiding people. Um, and once that minimum is hit, hit, then you can connect with the love. And of course, you're going to continue to evolve on your journey and, and continue to heal, but you do not need to be healed. Um, and you will never be healed and you will never finish healing <laughs> never um, finish. as long as yeah. you live. <laughs> right. It's like, it's an ongoing process. It's our whole, it's our whole life, but, um, that's what we're yeah. on earth to do. That's like why we're here is to Absolutely. heal and grow and evolve. So we're, it's never going to end. Yeah, totally. And, um, also, I, I feel like it, you know, when we, when we're in these patterns, like um, you were saying, like, this, you know, you, you just think that this man is going to be a man child, no matter what. And like, um, it takes, you have to also, you know, kind of forgive yourself and, and look inwards for your own healing. Like what, what is creating this belief? Why do I have it? And then, you know, I, what do you, what do you, how do you work with people when it's like, why, like getting out of these patterns, like when they're, um, you know, feeling the same thing and, and why would it be different this time around when they're, you know, kind of working with you? Do you get that a lot where they don't think it's going to yeah. change this time around? <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, well, you hit it, right. It is the self-forgiveness. Mm, yeah. Uh, so that's something that I work with people a lot on. So we know obviously in Islam, forgiveness is huge that Allah is constantly reminding us to turn to Allah and ask for forgiveness, that the Prophet mm -hmm. asked for forgiveness a hundred times a day, all of these things. And what, um, what was so powerful for me was we've all heard that we know that Allah tells us, ask him for forgiveness, ask him for forgiveness. Okay. So, you know, I do something, I ask God for forgiveness, but then the key piece here is then God says he forgives. He will forgive you if you have sins as much as the foam on the ocean, like so many beautiful descriptions <laughs> of how God is so forgiving. So God, you ask for God for forgiveness and God has forgiven you, but have you forgiven you? Mm. And for me, that realization and appreciating how much I had not forgiven myself, how much I still was beating myself up. I'm so bad. I'm not this. I did that. Like, you know, how could I have done that? Just not letting it go. So mm. The point of asking God to forgive you is so that it can be wiped clean, right? So it's wiped clean from your, from your slate. So God's wiping it clean, but then you're still holding on to it. Then mm. you don't make any benefit from this forgiveness. So a lot of the work that I do is on getting people to forgive themselves. Like God's right. already forgiven you. You've got to let it go now. You've got to stop. You know, it's like if every mistake you made was like a backpack and you're putting in a rock and you're putting it in this backpack. God's like, okay, cool. The backpack's erased, but you're still carrying it. Like, of course, you're going to be burdened and hunched over with this huge backpack full of rocks. You got to let it go. Um, yeah, because subconsciously, you still believe that it, you're not being, you know, that it's not being forgiven. So you're not forgiving yourself in the first place. It's that, exactly. it's that pattern. And, that's, and forgiveness correlates to worthiness. So mm. if you're holding on to these things, oh, it's still so bad. I, I was so mean to my friend. I did that thing to my mom. I've missed so many prayers. If you're still holding on to it, mm. then you don't feel worthy. And if you want to, when working on your worthiness, you want to feel more worthy of what you want. You gotta, you gotta drop the backpack. Um, so a lot of the work I have different, you know, journaling prompts and exercises and meditations and all of these mm. things to support people to be able to forgive and to know and trust that God has forgiven them. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. And so when do people come to you usually like what, what type of, uh, you know, what kind of people are you working with? Like, I know primarily women, right? Are they having certain like 
obviously finding a partner or getting married, or you also mentioned health, like what's, what is the main thing that you see the, the transformation that people go through after they work with you? Like, what are they working yeah. on most? <laughs> well, my, um, my, my, um, my best clients, I would say my best clients, I, I, I work with my husband and I mm -hmm. tend to get a lot of women and my husband tends to bring in a lot mm -hmm. of men. Yeah. These are, um, professional, successful, um, you know, you know, kind of that typical Muslim doctor, lawyer, engineer, like high achieving, mm -hmm. um, Muslim, and they are either, uh, have not yet connected with love. So they want to get married and they haven't gotten married yet. Mm -hmm. or they ha have more desires in their career that are not being met. They want to either start their own business or advance higher up or just bring in more money, mm -hmm. um, not be feeling as burnt out that they're, they can sense that like they're too attached to their, their worth and their job. And they want to not feel that attachment. So those tend to be our clients that they're um, successful, ambitious. They're already kind of in the spiritual and personal development space that they've done a lot of, um, you know, professional development through their jobs and then reading more books and listening to podcasts on personal development, productivity, mm -hmm. all of those things. And what happens is when they find my content is that that faith piece clicks for them. Like, oh, mm. you know, it's never been connected with my faith as a Muslim and in Islam and how that- it's Like they compartmentalize all the areas and not yeah. together. Yeah. And how that piece, when it kind of snaps in is like, ah, this is going to help. So those tend to be my clients that they're, they're, they're Muslim. They identify as Muslim. They're practicing Muslim, but they, um, I haven't really found the professional and personal development resource that taps into that Islamic piece, because like I explained in the beginning, right, our view of Allah and all of those things that happened from childhood and our prevalent mm. Muslim community can prevent a lot of personal and, and professional development um, tools and resources from sinking in if you still view Allah and yourself in these ways that make that cause that, that friction that it, it won't allow it in. So my content is basically, or, or my coaching practices basically, um, allow them to make that integration. Yeah. And yeah. People have come to me, have been, you know, single for 15 years, you know, single for 15 years. And one of my sessions, I took your session, the, you know, I, I have a session called, um, get married this year. And she, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She was like, I listened to your ones that that one's just a one hour coaching session, listened to your one hour coaching session. And she messaged me like 11 months later. She's like, I listened to it 11 months ago. Oh. And I am married. Oh, amazing. So, well, great. Oh. That's what, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it takes you on this whole healing journey. And then you kind of, well, you know, you don't like to use the word, but like you kind of, uh, yes, yeah, yes, healing take, journey, but you don't have to be healed. You don't have to be healed. Healing journey. Yeah. So that's, that's wonderful. Well, I, I mean, I'm so excited for the work you do and I love that you can work with uh, people in all the areas of their life, you know, whether it's like losing weight, I've heard you talk on that and, you know, fitness stuff. And um, I think you also are like, uh, people can come to you in, in a non-judgmental way. I know that's very important. You know, people don't want to uh, work with just anyone, but it's like, you know, I think you, you sounds like you are, are a great coach for just about anyone who wants to kind of heal any, any issues. So I love that. Um, do you have any, do you do one-on-one -on -one work primarily, or you also have a group program, anything like that that's coming up or? 
Yeah. So most of my work is um, on-demand coaching programs that are going to coach you through mm. on your own. And then okay. you have like um, text message uh, connection with me. Um, and then I have my group coaching program, which is a year long group coaching program where you oh. do work directly with me and my husband. And the, that program is the one where we interface um, a lot. I don't have take on very many one-on-one -on -one clients, maybe like mm. one or two a year. Um, just because I prioritize being able to support more people. And it's easier for me to do that in, um, in producing a coaching program that people can guide themselves through almost all of our coaching or all of our coaching programs come with assignments and work. Some of them actually have a workbook that goes along with it. Um, so my approach is to make it a, a, as accessible and not dependent on someone working directly with me. Right, of right. Course, so that, you know, they can, but yeah. But like, for example, I guess our health program, um, our health program called Ramadan 365, which uh -huh. is a food freedom program. It transforms your relationship with food so that, you know, we all know what to do with health. You know, we should <laughs> eat more real foods, not too many of them, move our body. But why, again, why can't we do it? So there's a lot of mindset work there on what's preventing you from actually doing it. There's okay. also um, the spiritual work there, how it connects to your spirit and how um, how powerful it can be when you get your spirit in connection with your food journey. And then we guide people through a three-month program to transform their relationship with your food. And it's based, that one's based on the Hadith, like all disease originates from the gut that- wow. Um, that's a hadith. I didn't realize that. That's yes. Oh my God. I, I mean, I'm doing side note, like so much of my life right now is the gut brain connection. And I didn't realize that there was a hadith that, that, that everything comes from the gut. That's fascinating. I just wanted to. <laughs> yeah. And there's another powerful hadith that the prophet said that, um, the most hated vessel for someone to fill is the stomach. Yes, is the stomach. And if they must fill it, fill it with one third food, one third water and yeah, one the, air. Right. Well, again, That's like the prescription and how much we know now about leaving space for air, for diaphragmic breathing. I'm sure you probably do breath work mm -hmm. right? for that type of breathing, how important water is and hydration and how um, for, for health, for health, for health, for weight loss and for longevity, eating less is key. So the prophet says one third and, mm. you know, if you, yeah, anyways, <laughs> so this program guides you through all of those, all of the, again, so many things that, you know, and that's the thing about my work. It'll be so many things that, you know, you're like, I know that, I know that, I know mm. that, but it hasn't been integrated or put in a way or that your mindset wasn't in a place where you could receive it um, and kind of put it all together. So the health program is a program that you go through with my husband and I together because, um, because week by week we are, we are working with you. Oh, amazing. Okay. That's awesome. So that program, we are, are right there alongside you. And as well as our um, kind of signature program, which is called Limitless Love, which is the uh, group, small group coaching program. Um, but right now, my most powerful, potent program for anyone who is interested in getting into this work um, mm -hmm. or like, you know what, you know, I think I need to change my mindset or like yeah. look at things a little bit is my du'a program, which is a manifestation, du'a, change your relationship with yourself and God program. The title of it is the lifestyle of du'a beyond just asking 
you know, how to manifest your dreams. Oh, that is like the law of attraction right there. I love it. Okay. Yeah. And that's an on-demand um, week long. I guide you through a week. You have lifetime access to it, but it's a super, it's my newest and most popular and um, um, powerful program. So I would love to offer your audience um, a two week free trial of that. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Yeah, and we'll link it. Get the first um, first two modules um, for free. Oh, I love it! You are breaking breaking it open with the law of attraction and bridging, you know, over to all kinds of, uh, you know, manifestation and doa and prayer and you know, I love that too because even in the law of attraction community, I feel like, um, you know, we need to have this element of God consciousness. Like that's what I like to think of it. You know, that's. That's why, you know, if you're missing that or you're deficient in, you know, in your spiritual accountability and things like that, um, then, you know, you're, you're definitely, you know, missing some pieces. And so I love that you're bringing it to Muslims and that it's being, you know, so popular and, and everyone is, um, you know, seeing, seeing a lot of results. So I'm just excited uh, to have you on the show. Um, that's great. And so where can people find you on social media? What's the best place that they hear this episode? They want to, they want to find out more about you. Where should they go? Yeah, I'm most active on Instagram mm -hmm. and my handle there is at practical Muslim. Um, and I'm also on LinkedIn. You can also just look up my name, Zahral Jabri, and all of the things should pop up. But um, at Practical Muslim on Instagram, and you can email me Zahra at practicalmuslim.com. Yeah. Um, and I love, I respond to every email. I respond to every DM. Um, I am not too busy for anyone. So the whole point is to foster community. So please do reach out. Amazing. Awesome. I love that. And yeah, I, I, yeah, super responsive. And it's been great just getting to know you, talking a little bit more. Um, is there any other last minute, you know, words you'd like to share with our listeners or anything else you'd like to leave us with? I know that um, this was a great episode and we covered a lot. So, you know, any, anything before we wrap up? Um, yeah, I'll leave everyone with like, the main thing is to know that God is on your side. He created you for greatness. He put gifts and talents and, you know, um, amazingness within you. And any angst you're feeling is likely the desire for all of that greatness to be expressed. So just know that God is supporting you in all of your dreams and ambitions, that nothing is too big or too far-fetched or too out there, that you're meant to bring that into the world. And if you want support in doing it, work with people like Adina and myself who are not going to be like, oh, are you sure you can do that? No, we're going to be like, yes, yes, you can. Yes, it's possible. How can I help you? How can I support you? What's in your way? Let's go. Yes. Empowerment team. Here we go. <laughs> I love <laughs> yes. that. Thank you so much, Sarah. I appreciate it. That was great. I love your your, your words of enthusiasm and all the information today. Actually, honestly, I kept getting ideas about things I want to talk to you about more in detail. So, um, you know, I, I love that we had this episode and hope to have you back in the future, inshallah. Inshallah, yes. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode today. Please share your biggest takeaway with me via our community. For new listeners, thank you for tuning in. 
I invite anyone to explore the resources, links, and show notes available on my website, www.adinamovana.com. If a topic or discussion piqued your curiosity or interest today during the show, you can easily find it there at that website. And if you have any specific topics you would like me to cover, feel free to email me at em at adinamovana.com. Thank you again for joining me today. And I look forward to connecting with you again next week on Into the Light. 